Welcome to Ride Over Stride, episode 81. To Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through the exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Melanie Hargis, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride. I'm here with Master Horseman Van Hargis. How are you today, baby? I am good. Not only Master Horseman, but I'm your husband. I know. <laughs> all right, then. That's amazing. Yes. I, um, first of all. I'm excited about it. Do what? I'm pretty excited. Yeah, about me it. too. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, tell you what, I appreciate you guys joining us again for episode 81 of Ride Over Stride and kind of our rebirth uh, of Ride Over Stride. This is the. Uh, the third episode since we've kind of kicked it off uh, again, I guess you could say kicked it off. And uh, we did so in a couple of different new things. Of course, we added you as our new co-host. Yes. And of course, for those of you who don't know yet, we are also available on YouTube. So you can not only listen to us on all of your favorite formats that you've listened to us in the past. If you really want to see what's going on, see what's going on being the keyword there, you can watch it on YouTube. So check us out on YouTube. It's a new idea, new concept that we're trying. It's not a new concept, obviously, in the podcast industry, but it's certainly new to Miss Melanie and me. And this yes. is uh, this is something that was a little took a little bit of a learning curve for us to figure out. And this is a, a work in motion. We're going to continue to make improvements to Ride Over Stride. Absolutely. And especially on the video aspect of things. So we appreciate you guys' encouragement and at the same time appreciate your patience as we all continue to uh, continue to grow with and this thing. Learn thing. and improve. You bet. So Miss Molly, what, uh, what are we going to do today? Well, let's see. We were talking about uh, nothing beyond the basics. Yep, yep. We already talked about the path of least resistance. Yes. We talked about forward motion. Forward motion. Now we need to work on control of forward motion. You betcha. Well, first of all, that's the um, that's the one thing that I emphasize over and over and over again. People oftentimes ask, you know, if we're going to do a clinic somewhere, you know, what's the clinic topic? And um, it's almost comical. It really wow. is. You know, and you've done enough of these darn things with me that if mm -hmm. we go and we say that we're going to go do a clinic and xyz mississippi in other words no matter where we go where we say we're going um if we say we're going to do an advanced clinic that sucker will sell out before we ever i mean before we ever get through putting it on facebook or wherever mm -hmm. we're going to post it if we say we're going to do a clinic on nothing beyond the, the basics, basics it's like hearing the crickets because nobody wants to go to that Nobody thinks they need to know the basics. And what do we almost always, no matter what the clinic title is, what do we always go back to? Work on the basics. Yes, because everybody's got problems with their horse that won't stop or won't lope on the correct lead or won't lope at the correct speed or trots too fast, too slow, too low of a headset, too tall of a headset. In other words, all of those things are interfering with his performance at the advanced level. Well, how do you fix all that? Go back to the basics. Yes, so why do we spend so much time talking about nothing beyond the basics? Is because everything that you do, everything that you do, and I'm going to emphasize that again, 
Everything that you do is nothing more than an extension of your basics. There's not a single maneuver. Probably the number one, there's two things that people ask of me the most. They love the fact that all my horses do pretty darn pretty and smooth lead changes. And they always want to ask, you know, how did you make that happen? And how do I get my horse to do lead changes that pretty? And nobody liked my answer. Oh, it's about 300 rides. Nobody likes that answer, do they? Because well, that means I had that. to put a lot of work in there. I didn't right. just go to the cabinet and pull out a magic lead change pill and ingest it and sneak one in my horse's diet either. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's working on the basics. There's the other a, thing is I had a great mentor. There's a special bit you can buy for that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's that special bit. We got it on our website. And you can, if you're a top hand member, you get it for 10% <laughs> off. Yeah, that, that exactly. bit that teaches a horse how to load in the trailer. We got one of those, too, right? Uh-huh. Yes. So, in other words, yeah. it's not about those tools it's not about the magic pill it's not about waving the magic wand it's about the horse fully understanding the basics but how can the horse fully understand it if you don't if the rider doesn't that's right so why do we spend so much time talking about the basics you can't put a rocket on the moon if you can't add subtract multiply and divide so we spend a lot of time adding subtracting multiplying and dividing Mm -hmm. just in the sense of horsemanship so that's the reason that that to me is so important is that it is the answer to almost every question that everybody asks at every level. So nothing beyond the basics. It's crazy important. And what makes up nothing beyond the basics? Well, that's the things that we're covering in this new series for you. And this new series, as we're kind of doing this reintroduction of Ride Over Stride, this new series is nothing beyond the basics. Step number one was seeking out the path of least resistance. Number two, forward motion. And then today we're going to talk a lot about the control of forward motion. And I'm not so sure, Ms. Melanie, if we can't, we may end up having to break this one down into two separate episodes. And the reason why is there's parts of this forward motion, there's really two big parts to it. I mean, we could go on for days. We could do we could probably do a well. We could do a clinic long enough to make everybody mad and tired at me, or tired and mad at me, because um, let's not do that. Yeah, we go to a clinic, and believe me, everybody's ready to go home. I, I get tickled. There's another guy out there somewhere who says I got the ridingest clinics in the West, and I can tell you that guy has never been to my clinic <laughs> because when people go to mine, it's we, Melly and I. We we our disclaimer is this: we don't care if people come to the ranch or if they go to a clinic. And that said, if you need to pee, you better say something. Or if you get hungry. Or if you get hungry, you better say something. Because once I get started, I love what I do, and I'm going to keep doing it until somebody says, oh, my goodness, Mr. Van, it's 3 o'clock. We didn't stop for lunch. Mm -hmm. So um, we ride a lot, and we get a lot done at the clinics. We cover a lot of bases. But the reason I'm emphasizing that is because we could literally talk about just the concept of forward motion, the control of forward motion for an entire clinic. Instead mm-hmm. of being a part of a clinic, we could do the forward motion aspect of an entire clinic and do it for multiple days to the point where everybody was too tired to learn much. So that's why I'm kind of thinking we might break this one up into two separate parts. We'll just see. But the first part we're going to talk about of the control of forward motion is speed control. Okay. And at this stage of the game, folks, we're talking primarily about doing so on our groundwork 
And we're also thinking about this groundwork, mainly from a standpoint of liberty uh, and preferably in a round pen. Doesn't have to be in a round pen, doesn't have to be at liberty. Um, but it really makes a difference, in my opinion, to establish the foundation of this when you're free from your horse and vice versa, your horse is free from you and you've got nothing but just that freedom of movement. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing better to work on than when this horse has all this freedom of movement because he's going to tell you as plainly as he possibly can everything that we're doing wrong. And if we're doing something wrong, that's not always a bad thing. And what I mean by that is that if, if we're doing something wrong because the horse is consistently doing something different from what we're asking, then that basically tells us we need to change our communication a little bit. Right. So we've, we need to make some changes in what we're doing instead of just doing the same mistake over and over and over and expecting that different result. We all know what that means. So at this stage of the game, we're talking about the control of forward movement. We're talking about preferably at liberty and preferably in a round pen, okay. which emphasizes that continuity of, continuity of movement. So as we're working on the control of forward motion, we've already established that path of least resistance, mm -hmm. and we've already established um, the forward motion aspect of it. So now it's time for us to start controlling it just a little. Okay. And what do we mean by that controlling it? In other words, once, once I ask a horse to move forward, let's say move forward, forward to the right, forward to the right at a whatever, at a walk, trot, or canter, mm -hmm. now we're beginning to start learning to control that. So in the beginning, I'm going to ask him to go forward, forward to the right, forward to the right at a walk. And let's mm -hmm. just say the horse, because he's nervous, he's anxious, maybe he just feels good. He's been in a stall all day, and he just feels really good. Or maybe he's upset because all of his buddies are out there doing something, and he's stuck in the round pen with you. Mm -hmm. So he might want to just romp and play and do whatever. I don't mind that at all. He can romp and play and do whatever he wants to as long as he's going forward and forward to the right. Okay. So by going forward and forward to the right, he's already allowing me to control his direction at least to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. So we've got forward motion, forward motion to the right. Now remember in the very first episode of this new series, we talked about um, that path of least resistance. So... Let's just imagine, if you will, that if my hand here was the round pen, and for those of you who are only listening to the podcast, you know, I watch it on YouTube, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you, if, the, if my, the palm of my hand was the round pen, and I'm somewhat in the middle of the round pen, I say somewhat because I want to be a little bit closer to one rail uh, in such a way that I'm offering the horse a bigger area to move toward. In other words, I'm in one part of the round pen and I'm offering him a much larger part of the round pen for him to travel. And if I'm wanting forward motion and forward motion to the right, then I'm going to allow that horse to move to the right at that full distance at as fast as he wants to go until at what point he begins to do what I call gain ground on me. So now he's starting to get closer to me from behind. Okay. And at that point in time, I'm going to stop him and I'm going to ask him to go back the other direction until the horse finds what I'm going to refer to as its balance point. In other words, where is his balance? Where is he a fair, equal distance away from me? Mm -hmm. 
In other words, where is that balance point where I'm asking him to go forward, but he's not gaining ground on me and he's not allowing me to gain ground on him? Where is that position? That is where we start establishing that control of forward motion. Mm -hmm. Because if he goes too fast, he's going to catch up to me. Right. Um, I can't allow that because now he's coming into my space. The path of least resistance is not in my space. No. It's somewhere outside of that area. So once he begins to encroach on my space, I'm going to make myself bigger, more obnoxious. In other words, whatever it takes until this horse moves Turns. the other direction if need be to get out of that space mm -hmm. until he reaches that balance point again to where I'm driving him forward, but he's not gaining ground on me. Okay. okay, and then the next stage is once we've reached that balance point, that is what we're going to call that very specific sweet spot if you will, is what I'm going to refer to as um, that working relationship. And that's what I want to establish in this horse is that balance, that working relationship in that balance. Now the horse doesn't know it, but now I'm beginning to control the forward motion. Mm -hmm. If he goes too fast, he's going to have to work way too hard. In other words, he's going to go to the point where he gains on me. Now he's really going to have to work too hard because he's going to have to stop, change Turn directions, around. And then go again. If he gains on me going the other direction, he's going to get too close. I'm going to stop, change directions, and make him go back the other direction. All of which consumes way too much energy and way too many calories. Mm -hmm. So as a result, the horse is going to find that balance point because it's that balance point that is not only the path of least resistance, but that's also the most efficient place for the horse to be. If he goes too fast, it's, he's working too hard, and he may have to change directions, which consumes even more energy. Therefore, if he stays at whatever pace that I put him, he's not working too hard. He's not working too little to where I'm adding pressure to him. He's just at that very nice balance point, that point of least resistance, that really good working relationship. Now, once the horse figures out where that working relationship is, now we can speed it up or slow it down. If I speed up, I'm threatening that balance. Therefore, the horse will have to speed up in order to get back in that balance point. If I speed up more, the horse will have to speed up more. So now let's say that we're asking the horse to walk forward, forward to the right, forward to the right at a walk. Why? Because we've established a working rhythm that teaches the horse to seek out that working balance, okay. that working with us to where he's balanced and he's most efficient. When that happens, I'm going to ask you, Miss Melanie, why is your horse trotting? Be and Because I'm making him trot with my rhythm. With your rhythm. Mm -hmm. I don't really like the word making, but that's a, that's a common word that we all mm -hmm. use. I really don't like that because you're really asking the horse to do it. We can't make, you know, this one thing I've learned very humbly over the last several years of my career, there's not a whole lot I can make that horse do. I can't make them go. I can't make them whoa. I can't make them stand still. I can't make them be bit Fred. I can't make them be Jed. I can only make them do whatever, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but in other words, but I can ask them and I can give them an opportunity to do that. And I can patiently wait a reasonable amount of time until they do that. If they don't, I can make things uncouple for them until they do. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so again, I might ask this horse to go forward, forward to the right, forward to the right at a trot. And I might ask you again, Miss Melanie, why is your horse trotting? Is because, well, that's what I've asked it to do. Mm-hmm. And I've asked him to establish the same rhythm as me. So why is your horse trotting? Because he's in rhythm with me. Okay. Therefore, if you speed up your rhythm, what might you in, what you expect your horse to do? Well, speed up as well. Speed up. Now, how can you really put that to the test? You can't really put that to the test until you slow down. Because mm-hmm. see, you don't have any bridle reins attached to the horse. You don't even have long lunge lines or driving lines attached to the horse. It might be easier to get him to speed up. Right. But how are you going to get him to slow down? Well, you should slow down. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, we mentioned that one of the biggest questions that we get at our clinics, especially those that people think are want to be more advanced type clinics, I want my horse to stop better. I want a bigger stop or a better stop or more responsive stop. In other words, everybody's worried about stopping. And nobody loves my answer because I don't tell them that, oh, it may take 300 days. What I might tell them instead, though, is your horse doesn't have a woeing problem. He has a going problem. If he doesn't understand that slowing down is an easier option, then he needs to learn that the work that he's choosing to do is much harder than the work that you're asking him to do. Therefore, let's go back and ask that question again. Why is your horse, your horse is going forward, forward to the right, forward to the right at a trot. Why is he trotting? Because my rhythm, because I'm getting him to, I'm asking him to maintain a rhythm with me. There you go. So now he needs to work in that working relationship and be balanced with you, right? right? Therefore, if you speed up, he speeds up. But we're going to put that to the test by doing what? Slowing Slowing down. down. If you slow down, then what do we really want the horse to do? Slow down. Slow down. We don't want him to respond to a voice cue, even though that's not a bad thing. But I want to make sure the horse is listening to me and listening with his eyes at this stage and feeling about where it is that I am positioned. Mm -hmm. And he wants to maintain that working relationship because it also means to his benefit that whenever I slow down, he gets to slow down. Conserves energy. Conserves energy. Mm-hmm. So the path of least resistance is where? When he's slowing down with you. With me. There you go. So if I speed up, the path of least resistance is to speed up. Mm-hmm. If I slow down, the path of least resistance is to slow down. Because if he doesn't slow down when I'm, when it, whenever I'm just doing my groundwork, especially, if he doesn't slow down, he's consuming too much energy. Mm-hmm. So now he's his own worst enemy of resistance. So over time, he begins to realize that wherever I am is the easiest path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. There's our working, and here's the word that everybody wants. I don't mean this negative, folks, but every tree hugger person out there wants a relationship with their horse, don't we? Yes. We want a relationship with him. The question is, that's perfectly understandable. I do too. I have a good working relationship with every horse on my property that I own, especially. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the question is, how did we get that? By determining who's the leader, number one. Mm-hmm. And I also says, or also make sure that I make the best decisions on the horse's behalf. Right. I'll be darned. 
Now, really if you good. remember when we very first started talking about this new series, I think it was in episode 79, there's going to be a part in there where people are going to say, why would you not want your horse to hook on or join up? Why would that not be very early in what you established with your horse? And I, my response is, I never, never worry about that. It's going to happen. Right. See, as I'm working on forward motion, forward motion to the right, forward motion to the right at a trot, I'm making really good decisions on establishing a really good working relationship with my horse. After a while, let's still go back to that trotting thing, forward motion, forward motion to the right, forward motion to the right at a trot. And I might ask you again, why is your horse trotting? And you might respond. He's keeping up. I'm asking him to maintain a rhythm with me. You betcha. Therefore, that's where that relationship is, right? Mm -hmm. That's the easiest thing for this horse to do. That is the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. So let's put it to even a bigger test, not just the test of slowing down and working with you and slowing down and conserving energy. What I want you to do now is just stop. Hopefully he'll stop too. And then I might ask, well, if you've stopped, then what, what should your horse do? And your horse should, should stop. stop. Why? Because That's the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. You're not applying the pressure for him to go, and it's too much work for him to continue to do so. Right. So when I had that person tell me, oh, you don't understand, Mr. Van, I've got a horse that just won't stop, no matter what bit you put in him. Your horse does not have a woeing problem. Your horse does not understand why he's going. Okay. So when we work on that, in other words, that concept of forward motion and the concept of controlling the forward motion, his motivation to continue to work hard and to continue to run or lope or whatever the case may be, when you've taken away the motive to do so, that tells us pretty quickly that a horse has no concept of it. Why? Because by nature, horses are efficient animals. They want to stop. They want to stop. There's not a horse out there that's still running. I guarantee if we went out in the pasture right now, got out of the office, out of the studio, and went out in the pasture, unless there's a couple of horses out there romping and playing together, they ain't running. They're chilled <laughs> yeah. out somewhere. They're either eating grass or hiding underneath a shade tree or doing something mm -hmm. that's Besides quiet running. and efficient. Right. Mm-hmm. So anytime we have that concept or that belief and that concept, oh, you don't understand my horse. He loves to run. After all, he's a thoroughbred, you know, or, or oh, he's bred for endurance. I mean, you know, he's an Arabian. And I'm thinking, well, I'll be darned, you know, just wonder where he's getting all that energy. In other words, what it is, it's that anxiety oftentimes leading that horse to continue to work harder than they, than they have to, mm -hmm. and that lack of understanding. And here's the sad part. It's that lack of trust in that working relationship. Right. So forward motion and the control of forward motion, that control of forward motion in the very beginning is all about establishing that working relationship, mm -hmm. that when we speed up our rhythm, and the horse speeds up his rhythm. When we slow our rhythm down, he's allowed to slow down. And when he's allowed to slow down, he's like, wow, that was a pretty good offer. Mm -hmm. And oh, before you know it, you make really good decisions on his behalf, and that's where the leadership takes place. That's when the horse quits trying to do both jobs, all the brawn stuff as well as the thinking stuff, the brain stuff, and he just hands over all the brain stuff to you. Right. Because he fully trusts the decisions that you make on his behalf. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you are the leader. Right. So 
I appreciate everybody who wants that really good relationship with your horse, but in order to establish that, it means you got to do a little work and not the sugar cubes and not the treats and not the scrubbing and the brushing and all the others. All the horses really appreciate all that too. There's no doubt that won't make a buddy out of him, but will it make a relationship out of him? Not necessarily. Probably not. So we really need to work hard in establishing that control of forward motion um, much better mm-hmm. in order to establish that really good working relationship and that desirable partnership relationship that we really want to establish with our horses. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you think, Miss Melanie? Do we have time to kind of cover a little bit about the directional control as well as the well, forward control? Well, uh, I don't know. I think maybe you should do a – we should maybe get that next time. I think I will. So I think next time we'll go a little bit more on part two, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. of two. of uh, the control of forward motion. But I do want to emphasize that when we're working on the forward motion, I also tend to really emphasize, and again, nothing against gated breeds, but we tend to focus a lot on the walk, trot, and the canter. Mm-hmm. And uh, now some of the gated folks would say, oh, what, you know, that's leaving us out, but not really. You would still work on the exact same things we're talking about here, um, but you would also expect your horse to gate if he's naturally gated. You'd expect mm-hmm. that. But if, if he's not a naturally gated horse, and because most of the horses out there in the real world aren't, uh, that's why we tend to, to speak a lot about the walk, trot, and the canter. Right. Now, the one thing that we didn't talk about on the forward motion and the control of the forward motion part is the transitions between gates as well. It's not mm-hmm. only important just to have the walk and the trot and the canter, but I also want very smooth transitions between, between those. Mm-hmm. So when when I'm asking the horse to go from, say, a walk to a trot, all I want to do in the beginning is just increase my rhythm and kind of threaten that distance, that comfort zone between mm-hmm. me and the horse until the horse feels the need to trot. Okay. And oftentimes in the very beginning, we might see horses that trot off way too quickly. Mm-hmm. In other words, when they finally decide, oh my goodness, old van's getting awful close, and they take off a little bit too quick. That doesn't really worry me. But I don't like it necessarily, but it doesn't worry me. Because, again, the horse used way too much energy. They didn't need to use that. All they needed to do is just match my energy to be the most efficient. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are asking your horses to transition from one gate to the next, and it's not a very smooth transition in the beginning, don't worry about it. That just means that's something we want to continue to work on. Give it time. And eventually the horse will do it very efficiently. Mm -hmm. He'll move when you move, and he'll also move as smoothly as you move. And that's all we want the horse to do is never work any harder than we ask him to. Now, the other part of the transitions or the other part of the control of the forward motion is when we get ready to canter. Um, Let's say, again, we're we're asking asking our horses to go to the right. If he's going to the right, we would obviously want him to be in which lead? Right lead. You betcha. And that's both in the front end and the hind end. A lot of times we're working with younger horses. They're not fully developed yet. Therefore, their their coordination in their front end, their back end might be off just a fraction. And it's not uncommon to see a horse traveling a circle to the right, be on the right lead in the front end and in the left lead in the back end. It's what mm-hmm. we call cross cantering. So anytime they're cross cantering, in the beginning, again, I don't really worry about that because he's working way too hard. He's out of balance. Mm-hmm. 
So he might be at the right speed. He might be working. That working relationship between me and him might be ideal, but he's still pretty darn uncomfortable because his front end and his back end is doing two separate things. Mm-hmm. So I just give the horse plenty of time to figure that out. Is it easier for them to figure it out on their own, or should you slow them down and just start them It, it depends. I want them to realize how hard they're working, mm-hmm. so I don't. I don't change it too quickly. I don't give them an opportunity to change it too quickly. Mm-hmm. I just keep them loping. It was his decision mm-hmm. and his lack of coordination to be in that position. And I kind of need him to know how uncomfortable it is because that will help me again later in life when I'm working on lead changes or lead departures. Okay. There's a reason I'm asking you to do what you're doing. And there's a reason I'm asking you to do what I want you to do efficiently. And if you get half the answer right, you're not going to be comfortable. Therefore, I need him to figure out that, wow, being in the incorrect lead in the hind end is very uncomfortable. It's imbalanced. It's not very efficient. Because the path of least resistance is where? With the correct lead in both the front and rear. You betcha. That way he's balanced in both front and rear, Mm -hmm. and it's it's easier. Now, here's what I might do, though. Let's say I ask a young cult to, to... ease off into the right lead and he's in the right lead in the front left end in the rear and oh right about the time he changes let's say he changes on his own about the second or third lap Mm -hmm. and he changes on his own believe it or not as soon as he changes i'm gonna let him feel that for just a couple of strides Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna immediately take the pressure off and let him come back to a trot or a walk okay some people do right the opposite by golly if he ever gets in that dead gum lope i'll make him lope forever well, my goodness, if that was the case, what There's would his no incentive to ever be correct? Right. He gets correct, and he gets punished for being right. Mm-hmm. So in this case, what I'd do instead is as soon as he got it right, I'd let him feel how comfortable that is compared to the way he was before mm-hmm. and immediately take pressure off of him. So I'm really rewarding him twice. He, rewarding him, he rewarded himself the first time. Because he's more by, comfortable. You betcha, just to seek out the path of least resistance and get mm-hmm. more comfortable. And then I took pressure off of him also, and he says, wow, two things really happened there. Number one, I got comfortable. Number two, old Van took pressure off of me. So I don't know what I did, but whatever it was, it, it must was have right. been right. Okay. So now he knows what the right answer is. He may not know how to get it yet, but he, he knows, knows what the right it. answer is. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what is he going to seek out? Gonna the see. right answer. Mm-hmm. You see, well, that's what we want the horse to get addicted to. We want him to get addicted to success to know the right answer, and to seek that right answer out. So now we might ask him to come back again later and go from a trot to a canter again, mm-hmm. and he might miss it. He might be in the right lead in the front. He might still be in the left lead in the rear. But I bet you the next time he sw- he switches quicker right? because he's going to seek out comfort earlier. Before you know it, if he, seeks, if he sought it out just a little bit earlier, he's winning. He's already figured it out on his own. Right. He doesn't need much help from me other than just the consistency and the patience. Over time, he just won't even pick the wrong answer because the wrong answer is way too hard and there may not be a reward at the end of it if he doesn't get it correct, you see. Hmm. So again, he's he's learning on his own a little bit, learning to seek out that path of least resistance and that most efficient way of traveling. And he's figuring out, what can I do to get Van to take pressure off of me? Mm-hmm. So there's also another little thing we don't talk about enough, I think, with our horses, and that's we are empowering them to also train us. 
to leave them alone. You betcha. We'll put pressure on them when they're doing the incorrect thing or to get something that's even more correct than what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then the minute they get that, we take pressure off. So as a result, they're training us to take the pressure off of them. We ask the question. They're going to train us to quit asking simply by giving us the correct answer. answer. So everybody's successful. And that's the, that's the point that I want to really make come across with our horsemanship is that horsemanship, in order to have that really good working relationship we talked about earlier, it's very important for us to fully understand that success with those cults is our goal. Mm-hmm. We want them to get very confident in the fact that we're going to ask questions of them that they can get the correct answers to. We want them to seek out the success and have confidence in us that we're asking questions that help them be successful. I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to, for you yourself to want and desire the success with your horse and for you to want and desire the success for your horse and for yourself. In other words, the two of you have really got to be wanting and craving that success in order for it to really be successful for the two of you. So I guess with that said, I think that would, uh, that's a good place to leave it until the next time when we talk a little bit more in depth about the control of forward motion. And we'll talk about directional control, turning to the left, turning to the right. And there's going to be a big secret there that I'm going to tell everybody what I prefer inside turns or outside turns. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'll let everybody know at that stage too, why I prefer the turn that I prefer. And uh, so I guess that's where we're going to leave this one this week, then this morning. So what else is going on? What else is up? Um, well, I was thinking about something. You've been working on your tack room. So yes. I figured it'd be a good time to mention Equirax. You know what? That's a great thing, too. Equirax is a great company. We met them. Actually, I met them several years ago in Denver and uh, was just in awe of their products. They have just mm-hmm. phenomenal quality products. They're extremely well-made, and they're pretty dead-gum classy looking as well. They've got different styles. Um, so I'm really glad you mentioned Equirax because, number one, they're just a great, great company mm-hmm. um, with great design stuff, and they even have ideas and concepts to help you design your tack room. And if, mm-hmm. and if, they, don't, if they don't satisfy you there, call us and we'll help you with that, with that as well. But um, I'm very pleased because they were very helpful in helping us get our, our tack room established. Um, they knew that we had gotten to this new facility here. We ran into them again at Denver, and they said, tell you what, we're going to send you down all the stuff that you need to get your tack room established. Mm-hmm. And um, anytime I'm given an opportunity like that to work with a company that I really like and I really believe in, I jump on that opportunity. But the one thing I've also learned, I never take advantage of that. In other words... Rather than asking for a whole heck of a lot more than what I needed, I barely got what I needed because I didn't want to take take advantage in any shape, mm-hmm. form, or fashion. But we put some phenomenal saddle racks in our tack room. Our mm-hmm. bridle racks are organized in such a way that we've got all of our you – know, I know you're already thinking <laughs> I'm a little bit anal about, about how, I organ, uh, how I organize my tack room. Mm-hmm. But I do like for everything to have its place. Uh, so I've got all my snaffle bits in one row, and I've got all the other bits in another row, and they're all progressive, and that goes all the way around around the tack room. And um, and then I've even got my miscellaneous stuff kind of organized. But 
I just like my tack room well organized. And there's a reason for that too. And it's not just for efficiency and it's not just because it looks good, but I also like it from the standpoint of teaching. For example, if I've got, let's say a three piece snaffle on the third hook from the left and I work with a student that has absolutely no idea what a snaffle is, has no idea what a three-piece is. All I've got to do is say, well, go get, go look in my tack room on the top row, the third bit from the left. And they know exactly which bit then. They just go in there and they look to the left and go, one, two, three, that must be it. That must mm-hmm. be that three-piece snaffle van was talking about. Yes. And they bring it out there to me. And now before they ever get to me, they already know this must be a three-piece snaffle because there's one, two, three pieces to it, and mm-hmm. it's a broken mouthpiece. Therefore, it must be a snaffle. snaffle. It's a one-to-one ratio bit. It must be a snaffle. So before we ever go to explain it to them, they already know. And you you can do that so much easier when you've got an organized nice. tack room. So a big shout-out to Equirax. And if you guys want to know more information about them, you can either check out our show notes on this show or you can go to our website and click on Equirax and uh, take a look at some of the stuff that we've got and then go to their website and take a look at some of the stuff that they've got. It's just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what format you want to put your tack room in. They can do it. They've got the system to do it. So I really appreciate you bringing them up because mm-hmm. our tack room wouldn't be what it is today and wouldn't be as organized as it is today without the help of Equirax. So really appreciate them. Um, and then, really, I think that's it. We also still want to keep reminding everybody to um, send us your emails, your questions, even if you just want to uh, tell us what you think we're doing right or wrong. You, you bet. Know, send us a message. Let I us love know. the input. I can't emphasize enough the input, and I also can't emphasize enough the support that you folks have given us over the last several years that we've started doing right over stride. And um, I mean, we've literally had listeners from all over the world. I would have never dreamed in a million years we'd have gotten the listenership that we did. And um, for those of you who are loyal listeners, we really appreciate that. Thank you for sticking with us, even from our long break. And now that we're back again, we are so excited to see what the what the new listenership is going to be with, um, with the crew that we've got together now that will help get it promoted and also because we bring it we're bringing it to you in a new format and that's of course youtube mm-hmm. so for those of you who are already fi- watching us on youtube really appreciate it if you would what is that they always say like and I subscribe because yeah. that's what keeps it coming and that's what kind of gives us the leverage that we need in order to keep the show coming to you so we really appreciate you guys for listening and we really appreciate you guys for watching us on youtube as well and then also, don't forget the Top Hand Club. Go ahead and uh, join the Top Hand Club. Become a member. You get uh, discounts on products, on services. And we have an just a continuing library of videos, um, all from training tips to van at uh, expos, at clinics. And, yes. You know, if you weren't able to make it to an expo, it's almost like you're there because we record the whole thing. You bet. Another thing I want to emphasize, too, about the Top Pan Club is that it's, like Melanie said, it's 10% across the board on anything that we do. In other words, whether it be the horse training, uh, the admission to a clinic, a clinic ticket, even an auditor's fee, 
all of those things give you a ten, at least a 10% discount on all of those. Um, if you bought one of our saddles, for example, it's a huge, huge discount. It's worth it to become a member for a year or longer um, just to get the discount on the saddle. It's just absolutely amazing. So uh, that part's really good. Another thing that we really haven't got on the website yet, but we promised everything across the board, which means we work a lot with what I think is probably the, the best arena drag there is in the country. It's called mm-hmm. Arena Works. And did you know that if you're a Top Pan member that and you buy an Arena Drag, Arena Works Arena Drag off our website, that's 10% off that thing. Mm-hmm. And um, for example, like... Oh, one of their basic models is like seven, eight hundred dollars or something like that. Now I'm just I'm just guessing here, but I think it's about seven, eight hundred dollars. But imagine about almost getting a hundred bucks off just for being a top hand member. Mm-hmm. And then Rod, Rodney Snodgrass or, or Randy Snodgrass and those guys up there with Arena Works will deliver that thing for you or make it to where you can get it very, very easily. So it's just one of those situations you just couldn't ask for it to be any better. Mm-hmm. Another company that we don't that we work with very close, but we don't have their products on our website yet is also a company called Equine Science. If anybody knows me, they know that I'm not one of those that likes to go into my secret laboratory and and mix all these supplements into all of my horse's stuff. Number one, I like to buy a really good quality feed. It's got all my stuff already in it. But if there is that odd occasion that I've got a horse that needs something different for whatever reason, for example, one of my horses had an allergy, Skeeter. Skeeter had a skin allergy that had come back, I guess, about ever since he was a three-year-old. He started getting this little skin allergy every summer. And I was at a loss. We had tried everything that people had taught us, and nothing would work. And I'm a little bit skeptical, again, about certain supplements. And um, But I was convinced to try this, and I followed the instructions exactly the way the guy told me. And within about three weeks... Skeeter was completely free of that. We kept him on it, and he's been free of it ever since. Mm-hmm. So that really changed my mind, not only to supplements, but here's the best part. These are herbal supplements, mm-hmm. which even I was even more skeptical and cynical about um, because my personal history, I've just not had much luck with herbal stuff that I could yeah. see and that I could measure. And when I saw Skeeter's skin get better within a three-week time period, mm-hmm. And he's not been um, allergic since. He didn't have anything last year. No. I mean, last year he was as clean as could be. And the same thing with another horse. I had a, had a chronic eye issue. And as weird as it may sound, they had a herbal supplement that was specifically for eye care. And we gave Scooter that. And a lot of you already know Scooter, but we gave Scooter that. Mm-hmm. And since we've been giving him that, he's yet to have that eye problem return. Mm-hmm. And this was a chronic deal that he did it every year. Scooter would have that uh, that issue come up with his eye. So um, Equine Science products will be available on our website soon. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they'll get those at a 10% discount as well. In other words, anything that's on our website a top pan member gets it 10% off. Mm-hmm. So uh, really can't emphasize how important that is to you for you guys, but at the same time, it's also important for us. Yes. Even if you just want to join the top pan um, club just for the sake of joining, you won't begin to know how important that is to us because 
if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. Yes. We get no outside funding at all to put together the, t- the podcast. No. So if it wasn't for you guys being members and for what we put in our own, out of our own pocket to make the podcast happen, then it, it wouldn't be happening. So mm-hmm. your membership also helps us provide the funds that it takes for us to put this thing together. We really appreciate you guys for that. Yes. So Ms. Melanie, what else, girlfriend? That's it. You just have to tell the folks what we're doing next. Well, next week, we already told them. We told them early. We're going to go ahead and work on uh, directional control next week. Yep. We want to make sure they tune in. Yep. And then uh, we'll just see it. Talk to them again next week. Well, we'll actually see them next week. Absolutely. We'll see you and talk to you next week for those of you who are listening uh, in some other platform. But also for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll get to watch us. We we'll really appreciate you guys doing that. So I guess until next time, just remember, this is Van Hargis and Melanie Hargis with Ride Over Stride. And until next time, remember that it's your ride, it's your trail, it's your journey. So Ride Over Stride.